Today, we are gonna start right back in 2008. Remember the global financial crisis? It was meant to have huge ramifications for the banking sector. And after all the collapses, all of those redundancies, all the pain, we were told it could never happen again. Well, just a few weeks ago, the very foundations of our banking system were called into question once again. I'm Aaron Young. Silicon Valley Bank may not be the world's biggest or even America's biggest, but it did punch well above its weight. Why? Because of its title. It was literally the Bank of Silicon Valley. The past 16 years have been extraordinary for the startup sector, enormous growth multiples that defied the rest of Wall Street. That is, until the music stopped in the investment community, all these startups that believed you could be worth a billion dollars on the back of buzz suddenly realized the money has run dry. It's now about good old fashioned profit. It had to happen sometime, but it happened right after COVID and right before all that stimulus money washing around the community had to be taken back. Interest rates had to rise. Suddenly all these startups had to withdraw their cash to survive. Central banks now find themselves at a horrible crossroads, keep raising rates to fight inflation, but then risk financial instability. Here is the Fed chair, Jerome Powell. We believe, however, that events in the banking system over the past two weeks are likely to result in tighter credit conditions for households and businesses, which would in turn affect economic outcomes. All right, so the job of central bankers, as we know, is to keep banks stable. But in order to keep them stable, they have to raise rates to combat inflation. The unintended consequences about that hit really hard. The central banks now contradicting themselves to create stability, they have to create instability. It's a problem with the blunt instruments we've given them. Let's take Silicon Valley Bank, for example. More expensive money reduced the value of their securities portfolio. That's made it likelier that depositors will flee to the big banks. Have a listen now to Janet Yellen. We are likely to, in to invoke the systemic risk exception, which permits the FDIC to protect all depositors. And that that would be a case by case determination. I understand. I have and that, not considered or discussed anything having to do with blanket um, insur insurance or guarantees of two points. Deposits. Okay, did you hear that? So after creating the conditions that led to too much money in the economy to now raising rates to claw it all back that led to instability in the financial system, the Fed doesn't want to know. Let's bring it back to the poor depositors of Silicon Valley Bank now. It's a nightmare out there in startup land. Economic fear, funding uncertainty, putting startup founder mental health in a tailspin. Many suffer in silence because they worry that talking about it will only lead and make matters worse. The startup economy of today, eerily similar to the banking sector way back in 2007, right before the financial crisis, companies dangerously close to the edge. For more, let's bring in James Whelan from VFS Group. Great to see you, sir. Good to be back on board, Aaron. How are you now? Yeah, doing really well. Um, what do you think is the reason that Silicon Valley Bank ended how it did? Well, yeah, as you were right, they were absolutely the preferred bank for the Silicon Valley side of things. If we want to sort of, let's just break it down to exactly how a bank works. You take money in uh, and you need to lend it out, but you, you also need to be able to pay people for the deposits that they have on hand. And what happened is that if you've got a fair amount of money sitting on hand at a bank, you want to actually start to see a, an interest rate. Hello, we're in, we're, in, we're in a world where we've actually got interest rates that are above 0%. People are expecting to have something to return on that. Now, if you've got a very short-term treasury bond, so, you know, just take the two-year US treasury yield that was trading about 5% a few weeks ago, different time, uh, then you're thinking, why have I got my money sitting in the bank with these guys, SVB, that's only paying me maybe one, not even 1%, 
uh, when I can go and get 5% somewhere else. The problem was that I, SVB... But all of this could be yeah. seen, surely. All of this could yeah. be seen. It could, it could be seen, and just like everything else, it's, it all happens very slowly and then all at once. The speed at which people then retracted their money and, and withdrew their money from the bank because of other people withdrawing their money, it's just like the good old-fashioned bank runs that, that, that yeah. people were talking about from the, the old days. And then all of a sudden, SVB is sitting there going, we've got these bonds that we're required. The, the key thing, Aaron, is also the amount of bonds they're required to hold as collateral. These are these held-to-maturity bonds that they were just required to buy. Now, if you've got these things sitting on your books, which they were, that all of a sudden they start to depreciate in value as rates went up, the value of those bonds went down, your collateral starts to disappear and then people start to get a little bit jittery. Now, here's the thing, though. Those are held to maturity bonds. So if yeah. you had held them to maturity, you still get all your money back. But why Silicon no, Valley Bank? Question. Why, not some of the, the, why not some of the big guys? Why Silicon Valley Bank? S SVB, mainly, I think, because the, the, that you're starting to see we're going to go into the startup culture and the startup economy because of these beautiful heady days of, of you know, when interest rates were nothing and every idea was fantastic um, <laughs> because you've got a really low hurdle rate. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, you, you start to see interest rates go up. Therefore, you actually have to start paying the bills and paying the interest rates and actually starting to pay people back for their investments. And your idea that you had that might have seemed okay back in 2020 to be able to invent some sort of mythical fishing creature that, does AI simulated virtual reality? Oh, let's say maybe like a, not working a, a, car, a car app where you can rent a car, uh, but it seems to still lose billions of dollars a year for 10 years. Maybe an app like yeah. that. Something like that. If you come up with something like that, let me know. I've not heard of something like that. Or <laughs> the, uh, an electronic bike company or an electronic... Uh, someone who yeah, yeah. A, a, I'm a streaming media company that makes heaps of content but makes no money. Anyway, something like that. So, so you've got that. All of a sudden, these all start to sort of fall apart. Okay, and people just get tighter, lending gets tighter, credit gets tighter. We'll get into that in a second about how credit starts to get really tight as well. So that, 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 but that's where that starts to come. SVB being that bank, people start to want to pull their money out. I mean, we, we've seen founders of VCs taking out seven-figure sums over the desk at SVB. That doesn't, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't scream uh, reliability and sustainability and, uh, and sense, dependability. Remember, the banking is all about trust and confidence too. So if something starts to go, everything starts to go. You've moved All right, well, that's a good question. Really so trust in the banks right now, obviously uh, steps are afoot. Uh, you've got UBS and Credit Suisse. You've got obviously the US government saying, look, we're not gonna save everybody, but your deposits are safe. Is that going yep. to be enough? Mm -hmm. Flip of a coin, unfortunately. I'm actually holding a coin here. But the, uh, it's, uh, it's a flip of a coin. We've seen Janet Yellen go from, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna be insuring uh, Higher. Oh, actually, two nights ago, she said, we're not going to do a blanket insurance for deposit holders above 250 grand. And now last night, she said she's not discounting the idea. We've seen markets go up and down based on the back of her simply saying that. So yes, it does have an influence on whether or not it, it, it does provide confidence for the banks, um, but they are going to be playing it. If there's another SVB, they are going to be playing it on a case-by-case -case basis. So if you see another thing where everyone pulls their money out and you've got a, a bank sitting there you know, holding the bag, trying to be able to fund that, that's when the FDIC comes in. That's when the Fed does it. And, and, and they're going to keep on doing this for as much as they want to be able to, uh, annoyingly, if we go through the entire flow of the cycle that we've had, the crazy money printing that we had, not only for, I, I, I know you want to go all the way back to uh, the, the GFC. Well, let's go back right. to the GFC because, yeah. you know, startups rose up the ashes of the GFC. Um, you know, I had a car that I wasn't using, I rented out. I had a spare room that I wasn't using, I rented out. 
did we now create a bubble over the last 15, 20 years or so during that time that has now led to problems in the banks? Yes, spot on. And uh, it looks like you've been reading my tweet feed, Aaron, because you and I are thinking exactly the same way on this one. The, the 2008-2009 crisis, the solution for it, dropping interest rates, printing money, going through that. And I remember we talked about this when COVID hit and I said they are fixing a health crisis with a GFC solution. Find out what happens when that happens. So there's this huge money printing, Fed's balance sheet goes through the roof. We, we, we have this cheap money, crazy uh, economy that just went gangbusters on cheap money, fueled by nothing, inflation through the roof, and now they have to hammer it down by jacking interest rates up at record rates, at record numbers, and you're gonna get these sort of situations. Also keep in mind though, and here's, here's the kicker for you, Aaron, a lot of people are saying, okay, this is bad, we've got a calamity ahead of us. We'll get to that in a second. Jay Powell, a few months ago, because we went through this cycles, trust me, the, the, the gray hairs that are on the side of my head, that's that's a couple of months ago, that's from that's from COVID. But the, 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 the way that we've gone through is every month we've been talking about, is the Fed gonna be pivoting? Are they gonna hold off on interest rate rises? Now, a couple of months ago, Jay Powell came out and hit everyone on the head and said, everyone relax. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep on raising rates because I can. Yeah. And I'm going to keep on raising rates until we get this thing fixed because, and this is, the, this is the key thing that investors and everyone at home needs to know. It is easier. This is sort of a paraphrase, but this is what he said. It is easier for me to fix something that we break in doing this than to perpetuate this ongoing yeah. low rate All right. cycle. All right. This we is gotta, exactly one of those. We've got to leave it there. We're out of time. James, talk to you soon. Okay. Good on you, mate. Have yourself a great day. No worries, James Will on there. See you soon. Back after this. You're watching Ticker News. More news is just minutes away.